ready for the weekend with Community Radio's premier sports show. Your new fix of Friday night sport. Welcome to the bench. All right, now we've got that out of the way. It's 19 past six. It's time to talk a bucket load of cricket. We've got two special guests with cricket tonight. Dave Lowry is coming in from the... Northern District Rangers to somehow perhaps uh, explain the sudden turnaround in the fortunes of the Rangers a little bit later on in this hour. But right now, with a view to our broadcast game in the Kingsgrove Sports Centre T20 Cup on Sunday at North Sydney Oval, Bear Park will be on air for the late game of the doubleheader, the North Sydney Bears, the UTS North Sydney Bears doubleheader from just on quarter past two. You'll be there, Shane Evans, I know, mm-hmm. alongside the great Matt Mears. It is a real buzz to have Justin Avendano, a squad member of the uh, Sydney uh, Sixers and a long-time uh, mainstay of that North Sydney top order, on the show, on the phone, making his bench debut right here, right now. Justin, welcome to the bench. Good evening to you. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about where you fit into the scheme of things. You are on that periphery of the of, of the Sixers squad, but you're still expected to churn out the runs for the Bears. Um, how have you found your start to the season personally? Uh, personally, I think uh, as a team first, I think we've got a really good start. Unfortunately, we've lost uh, two of our three games, one by one run, another one on the weekend by one wicket. Um, but as a team, we're going well. And personally, I've done okay. I've got a 60 and 80 in those, in those three games. Uh, so I'm pretty happy with my form at the moment. But I've actually just got injured. So I'm actually out for the next week. It's a bit annoying. So I won't be able to be there on Sunday with you boys. I'll well, be, I'll, you... be support, I'll be supported on the sidelines. Well, you may have to. There's a I know spot exactly, in the. I know exactly a... where we can get Justin. Hey, Justin, Shane Evans here, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Yourself? I'm good. There's a spare spot in the Triple H box for you on Sunday now, Justin. Well, I'm mate, have to squeeze myself in, I reckon. Mate, you, you, you can That's come okay. up. I'm sure we can. Sure, we can find some time to, to sit down and have a chat with you, and who knows, put it up as a possible bonus content for our Splinters podcast that we do here. I know oh, lots of the boys do listen to it. On top so, of, on top of being life. part of the commentary yeah, team on Sunday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good fun. All right then. Um, now the big news, of course, with the Bears in the off season was. The departure of the Crosswaite brothers eventually back home to Melbourne. The offer for St Kilda was too great for Adam to knock back, and he went back. Um, a lot of people were expecting the Bears to drop back. Once they left, they did provide you with a bucket load of runs, and they provided so much support to Tom Jagged, and they pushed him to his nearly 1,000 runs last season. What's the place been like without the Crosswaites? It's, I guess, been a heck of a lot different. Mate, it, it has. I, I guess no, no one can really replace those uh, those two big personalities and two big um, amazing cricketers. Um, Adam itself scored somewhere near 1,200 runs. I mean, no, no one in the competition can come provide that straight away. But what it has done, it's opened probably much two holes for two really good young cricketers to come through, which is probably the most exciting part. We've got a young Tim Reynolds who has been waiting desperately in second grade. played a handful of first grade matches before. But he's been waiting his time, and he's come out shining so far. Uh, early, he's got, a, I think, a 92 and a couple not out. Um, so he's done really well. And he's also got a keeper in Matthew Patworth, who's done really well. So them two leaving, obviously, it's a big hole, but it also opens opportunities to the other guys, which is just exciting. But, you know, as a, as a captain, it's hard to see someone like Adam 
And someone like James go behind the stump. I mean, James is incredible all year behind the wicket. So they're two big losses, but it's also exciting for the other guys coming through. Uh, what uh, is still there at the Bears is Matt Alexander. He started the season well. He's taken uh, big wickets. He got another five for last weekend, uh, despite the, uh, the the fact that Mossman chased down an almost incredible nearly 400 total. Um, he must be uh, bowling well. He must be feeling good. The body's holding up, cause, which has been a problem for him in the past. It has, mate. He, uh, he's the biggest freak I know. I mean... I sit at a computer during the week and he's on the tour of building houses and he comes in and bowls 20 plus overs every Saturday. Uh, with who knows what run up and what action he's got and provides the goods every single week. Well, what he's doing is actually just phenomenal. Um, he's the mainstay of our bowling attack and um, he deserves every little bit of credit he gets, actually. He's deserved it for a few years now. I know manly. His body was giving him dramas and. All right then, you mentioned that it could very well have been three for three for the Bears in the main two-day competition, but it's only one for three. It doesn't get any easier over the next two Saturdays. First up, where you take on the big guns, um, the side that, as we mentioned in our season preview, the side that everyone loves to hate, but the side that are still... Uh, deeply respected as the favourites to be there and thereabouts again. Sydney University at University Oval number one. Um, and they're coming off uh, the back of that incredible run chase at Manly Oval last week, that record-breaking 462. Yeah, it's, um, it's, a, big, it's a big task. They've got a really well-rounded uh, spot there. So, I mean, we have to bat at bowl and field well, but one of those things you said, you, everyone wants to beat them. You know they're going to be there later in the year. If you get one up on, one up on them now early, uh, it's a big momentum shifter. And our team's um, pushing really well, actually. So we're all really confident that we're going to get one up. And also, they've got, it looks like, Joey Kershaw might be out in Black and uh, he's in the Shield team. So um, then we might be playing among the strengths, which is always nice. Indeed. And then that leads us to Sunday. It's the home double hitter uh, that every club has during the regular season, the newly reformatted Kingsgrave Sports Centre T20 Cup. You've started off with a, a one-and-one record, a loss to the Sydney Tigers first up at Dremoyne Oval, but then a return to form when you knocked over the defending champions, the Sutherland Sharks, down at Glen McGrath Oval last week. Yeah, it's um, the T20 setup for us here in the Sixers Conference, you come across some really strong teams, and the Tigers... Um, first round, you know, they, they come out fired and all their bats were doing well and they bowled the house down, so that was a tough one, but it was also to get a win on the weekend um, against Sutherland because as you say, that they were the premiers last year, so that's given us a lot of confidence moving forward to this weekend and further on hopefully can uh, boost us going into finals Alright then let's have a look then at the uh, the two matches that you have got, the double header at North Sydney Oval this weekend, the early game at 10am Sunday morning, um, it's the Northside Derby. Never any love lost between yourselves and Manly Warringah. Now that the crossweights have gone from both clubs and they're both out of sight and probably out of mind, uh, it eases the rivalry probably by about a, a pupitinth of 1%. Um, and after Manly went down to the Randy Peets, or should I say Mornay Morkel went down to Daniel Sam's last weekend in that... Uh, one-man uh, versus one-man showdown, uh, they could be right for the picking first up. 
Oh, 100%. I mean, they, they got, a, they got an extremely well-balanced team. They've got a lot of superstars there. They've got the Edwards boys, Ollie Davis, the fleet. Um, and they got a really good bowling line. I think Stephen O'Keefe will probably play. Green probably there. The Mick will probably play. Uh, there's definitely no love lost in that in rivalry. There's been a couple of incidents already this year, which we've been uh, pestering each other. So I dare say on Sunday, that first match is going to be heated and it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, then you have to back up for the broadcast game on Triple H uh, from 2.15. It's the 2.30 game. And look, St George, uh, they have been listless for the last couple of years. They were a powerhouse for most of the 2000s into the first half of this decade. Um, and it will depend on who's going to be available for them, um, given Sheffield Shield, etc. But they are coming off a double win at home last Sunday over uh, Uni of New South Wales and the strong eastern suburb side. So they're sitting on 2-1 and one coming into that match. Yeah, they're, um, I reckon they're probably the biggest underdogs of the year, to be honest. I think uh, they're in the same boat as us, where they have a lot of really good club cricketers. They might not have the big names, but they've got some really good standout cricketers like Nick Stapleton, Ardia, Peter Francis, Google Quick. Tom Ortiz. Uh, like, yeah, Ortiz. Blake McDonald's come back from South Australia. It looks like he's fine. So they 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 don't want to underestimate them. They've got an extremely strong team. So they're going to be a really tough challenge in the afternoon. Indeed. All right. Now, uh, just briefly, we'll have a look at the other games in the T20 Cup on Sunday. Of course, a lot will depend on how they back up from Saturday. We'll be speaking with Dave Lowry from the Northern District Rangers later in this hour to go into a bit more depth with the Saturday games over the next two Saturdays. But some very interesting matches on Sunday. Firstly, the doubleheader in the Sixers Conference at Mossman at Allen Border Oval. First up, it's the Bumblebees at 10am and then Eastern Suburbs at 2.30. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be all going to be cracking games. I think what the T20 Conference brings, especially the Sixers side, is that they're all really good teams. Everyone has superstars and strong batters. I mean, it's a really tough conference. And that's where, unfortunately for us, we've been on the losing side a fair bit. Hopefully this year's our change. But no matter where you go, there's strong teams all around. Absolutely. The rest of the games on uh, Sunday, uh, just running through them briefly. Um, at the farm, as I like to call it, the farm um, with the cows at Owen Earl Oval at Richmond. Hawkesbury unbeaten, uh, two from two. They take on the also unbeaten Northern District first up at 10am. And then the also unbeaten Sydney University uh, at two thirty, going back to the Thunder Conference. That's they're probably the pick of the matches in the Thunder Conference on Sunday. Yeah, hundred percent. We played Hawkesbury a few weeks ago, and it goes to show that they struggled a little bit in the two day format. But it goes to show that T Twenty cricket, anything can happen, and they've come out firing. So it goes to show anything can happen in T Twenty cricket. And Sydney Uni are the same. You know that, that they're one of the best teams going around. They've got Hayden Fair up top, absolutely whacking them. I mean, if you get him out early, you're cheering. If not. Uh, get ready to lose some cricket balls to, to start up top. So. In, in the paddocks, amongst <laughs> yeah, the cows. In, in the paddocks, I mean, you watch out for the snakes and the flies out there. The thing that's going on is that you don't want to be on the bad side of him. Absolutely. Uh, the other matches in the Thunder Conference we uh, will touch on. There's a doubleheader at Tremoyne on Sunday. Uh, Sydney Tigers versus Gordon. And then Sydney Tigers versus Sutherland. The rematch of that incredible semi-final we were fortunate enough to call... Uh, what was it, nearly 12 months ago now, when Ben Dwarshus 
and uh, Steve Smith helped chase down 200 after Zach Crawley, who has since gone on to England honours, scored the only century of the tournament last summer. Yeah, I mean, Sydney uh, losing a big primary of Benzanetti. Unfortunately, he's rolled his ankle in the six of the COVID during the week, and it's cleared up quite bad. So that's a big loss for them. Um, Rumour has it they got Menyok Singh coming back. They obviously played a few matches back in the day. But I think he's got a better replacement. So they got a pretty handy replacement, but Sydney are an amazing team. they got a super strong bay in line. It was Dorothy as a bowler. they got one of the best set bowlers there, you know, and they in the midfield. So... Um, they're a really well-rounded team, and they're going to be tough to beat. And then uh, finally, of course, there's the doubleheader at North Sydney Oval on Sunday. In the Thunder Conference, Bankstown have a doubleheader versus Campbelltown first up when Jared Burke and Philip Wells return from where their wins came. So that'll be fiery first up. Then Fairfield played Bankstown in the 2.30 match. And finally, a doubleheader back to Pratton Park on Sunday. Wests versus Parramatta first up at 10. And then Wests versus Blacktown Mounties at 2.30pm. All right. It's now time, without further ado, I know you've been warned about this, Justin. <laughs> I know you've been warned about this, but without further ado... It's now time... for... Drop and Give Me 20. Yes, let's drop and give me 20. Yes, it's something that we give to our very special one-off guests from time to time uh, to discuss all things in their sporting lives. So without further ado, Justin Avedano, are you ready to drop and give the bench 20? I am, I am. All right, let's go straight into it. Firstly, your original home club. Perigal Match and Cricket Club, the Mighty Bellbird. Ah, yes, um... Who uh, were very strong contributors to the Central Coast when they were in the uh, Kings Grove Sports Centre Team T Twenty Cup. Yeah. Your hometown hero. Hometown hero. I wouldn't say his hometown, but he lives here now. Uh, he's probably Mark Moore. Uh, when I was eight, when I was eighteen, on my eighteenth birthday, he came over to my place as a surprise and actually had a net session with me. So I like to say he's a hometown boy now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll give him that. All right. <laughs> First competition century at any age? Yeah, it was uh, down the road from my house here on the Central Coast at Paul Oval. It was 111 not out. Back in the day, you retired at 70, and then I came in with our number 11 and was lucky enough. And just smashed it. And just smashed it. It must be like 12s or 13s or something. Yeah, that was under 14s, I think. Well, you can afford to come in with number 11 at the other end. Most memorable on-field moments? Uh... My favourite moment was probably um, scoring 200 in Futures League. One, because I'd never really played four-day cricket before that, and I had actually never faced more than 200 balls ever in an innings, and I ended up facing 300, so I ticked off two boxes of that. So I guess being a short-form player, it was very satisfying to, uh, to do that. OK, this one always gets people. Most embarrassing on-field moment. Now, this can involve you or someone else. Yeah, this, the bus. this one involved me. Um, I made my uh, sixes debut last year, and I'll never forget what happened. I think about it actually every night I go to bed, and I didn't slide my bat when I got run out, and my whole body was over the line except my bat. Um, so that was by far the most embarrassing, embarrassing thing that happened to me on a cricket field. <laughs> well, especially when it's on national television. <laughs> yeah, exactly. on your debut. <laughs> 
and I copped an almighty spray from the coach and advised uh, the captain. So, fair to start, before we never do that again. Well, hopefully you will get an opportunity to redeem yourself when the BBL starts. Who did you? Su- so. Who did you? Su- who did you grow up supporting? Whatever sport, whatever team. So I grew up supporting uh, Manly Sandals. Uh, Good boy. <laughs> Under 13, we started emerging blues and we started training out at Narrabeen. And every week, you'd always see the Manly boys over there and they would sometimes go get involved with their field, uh, in their fitness sessions. And so, uh, that would have been an eye opener. Yeah, I was very influential back in the day, so I just said, well, I've got to support you boys now. I was a, a nice boy originally, but at 13, I had to convert over. Fair enough. Um, although the Knights would have been wouldn't have been happy to lose you. Claim to fame off field, if any. Well, I, I fancy myself to be a half decent golfer, um, and maybe later after after cricket, I can maybe join the senior tour when I'm fifty. Maybe that's where I can play later <laughs> in life. So I might, I like to fancy myself as a bit of a golfer. What do you play off? Plus two. Um, pretty decent golfer. That's a pretty decent yeah. handicap. Oh, Sammy Alexander said you were off four. So. What, Sammy Alexander said you were off four? He, he, play, he plays off four. So he's oh, obviously got his numbers on. So you can go and... Oh, I haven't been off four since I was at 15. <laughs> <laughs> dear, oh dear. I hope you let him know about it too, Justin. I think there's a question coming up about a pest. I think he's number one on that one. Oh, oh yeah, right. we already have that one lined up. All right. If you had to have dinner with three sports stars, who would they be and why? Firstly, it has to be Tiger Woods because he's been my idol growing up ever since I was a kid. And he won again during the week. Oh, no, I know. I watched everything live. I'm a big Tiger Nuffy. I just, I just recently bought his, the new Tiger Woods iron just because of Tiger Iron. Um, so that's him, and I have to go to Abbott because he's my favourite cricketer, and I've followed him. So well. You could be playing against him this summer. No, I know. Yeah, so I was talking to him over the 60s, but he must have given him a bigger offer. Uh, so that, that would have been incredible. And then number three would have to be Shane Warren. I mean, I would just love to hear some of his stories and, and just pe- uh, pick his brain about what, what he's done. Probably more off-field rather than off-field. I was just going to yeah. say, the PG stories or the other stories? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the other stories. Surely you throw Roy Simon into that mix of the off-field stories yeah, as well. Exactly. <laughs> Which sport... Do you think the world could do without, and why? Well, I know growing up, I used to play squash. Um, and I used to play with my mates, and I wrecked my knees. But number two, you always fear for your life because your mates always try and hit the ball into the back of your back. Um, so I've always hated squash since I was about 15. Destroyed my knees, and you end up coming out like you just finished paintball. So I'd have to say squash. Good evening to uh, Heather Mackay and Jeff Hunt, if they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> What is your big issue facing sports today? Well, I don't really have a big issue. I think the biggest one, after speaking to a lot of people, is probably the way the media controls some things. Uh, and little things that happen in cricket, they had such a big day, um, and the public might not know the full story, but they just listen to whatever the media has to say. So I probably have to say that of what the media can do to some sports people and sporting teams. Um, it's sort of a bit annoying to see what happens to some people. They always have about 30% of the full story. Mm. Yeah. Present uh, media accept, uh, uh, accepted from that. Um, <laughs> how do you kill time during the off-season? Obviously, you work. Does he have an oh. off-season? Yeah, I work. We've got a family business in the kitchen in the door, so I'm very heavily involved in that. And then um, number two is golf. I try and mm-hmm. golf as much as I can, at least twice a week, and I'm probably out fishing as well. I try and go fishing a bit of 
fishing? Yeah, I love my fishing, mate. Uh, I try and go up here at Perigal or in the Hawks River. Um, I absolutely love it. It's sort of my getaway when I play golf with my mates, but if I ever want some alone time, I go out, put a boat in the water, and I can sit there for hours. And most of the time, I don't catch anything. So That's the best part, the chase. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest influence on your sporting career, you probably just mentioned him already. Well, no, it's actually, I'd have to say my dad. I mean, it sounds stupid, but um, he's probably been the biggest influence. He, he's a very determined man, but he's never really forced me to do anything. He's always told me to believe in what I do and do the pathway I want to do. Uh, and I'll probably have to say him, because I actually took a year off cricket, and he was probably the biggest influence for me actually coming back to cricket. Um, and since then, I've done pretty well. So if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be playing cricket right now. What is... Your pre and post match rituals, if any. Pre match rituals. I've got a little uh, a stump called a makeshift stump and a little rubber ball, like the Don Bradman. I hit up against the wall every time before I go out to bat. I don't have a number I count to, but I try and hit at least probably fifty to a hundred, and I feel like it's my eye. And everyone tells me it works, but I reckon it works. And then after the games, I haven't really got to me. After game rituals, other than recently, but if I, if I have a pretty good day, I don't mind. I've got a long drive back to the Central Coast, so I stop over at Crust Pizza and get a, uh, a pizza at Taramara for the drive home. Oh, well, there you go. There's a, there's a plug for Crust yeah. Pizza at Taramara. If, if they're looking for a sponsor, <laughs> free pizzas every week for you, Justin, I reckon. Yeah, let's hope so. Indeed. All right. Um, do we really need to ask this next question? Because I think we all know who the answer okay, is. Okay, well, we're going to ask it anyway. Throw him under the bus, Justin. Do it. Biggest, Do it proud. Biggest pest in your sporting career? Oh, uh, well, to be honest, I don't have that many pests. But if you had to pick one, Sam Alexander's already thrown me under the bus for telling people I play a fourth <laughs> Well, I'd have to say him. He's an absolute character there. I'd absolutely love the bloke. But... Well, he probably answers the next couple of questions as well, maybe even the next three. Um, yeah. Funniest moment involving a teammate? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't call it funny, but the situation what followed after was funny, so... The guy Oli Knight, who was bowling against Hawkesbury that different day, and he threw a ball in the first over and dislocated his shoulder. Um, oh! He popped it back in on the field, and then um, I sort of said, hey, mate, we're down a bowler. Like, any chance you can do a bowl? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And then I made him bowl about 21 overs in the day. <laughs> Alright, this is going to be oh, he's an tougher than Caruso. Well, that wouldn't be hard. <laughs> Which teammates have the best and worst chat or banter? Well, I've just mentioned one of them. Probably one of the best. Two of them have probably <laughs> just gone back to Melbourne. Yeah, no. <laughs> that was alright. But Benny Bryant offers up some great banter with his little Instagram posts and he just slides in and he really checks commentary in there, which is absolutely dumb. And then Ollie Knight, we've got a problem because we're very similar in our humour, but the problem is if you go a step too fast, and some of his chat's amazing, some of it's just so rogue, no one knows what he's doing. He fits into both categories, but Ollie Knight probably uh, hits both targets there. All right. Well, he probably fits the next one. Best and worst teammate? Oh, I'd have to say... Uh, 
think would have to be all APO because he always puts the ball on the side. No matter what's happening, I think he'll be failing, and him getting so aggro on the field makes me small, even though I probably, sh- probably shouldn't. Um, and he's such a good man to be around. He's one of my, he's one of my closest mates, so it's always fun playing with my side. All right, your biggest rival. It can be a friendly rival or it can be a fair income hatred rival. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I used to play at, at Gordon. Uh, I started my cricketing there in grade. And we used to absolutely hate North Sydney. And it was a proper rivalry because we played in a few years in finals and then we actually got reversed outright in a second grade grand final. Um, and I've never never stopped hearing about it from James Campbell as involved because a year later I went to play for the Bears. And I thought I'd never do it because I just hate North Sydney. And now I'm one of the mighty Bears. And uh, now we hate Gordon, so <laughs> that's, that's just the way it works. You yeah, claim, claim a bounce ball, you claim it against Gordon now. Well, um, geez, nice to know that there is someone else that hates Gordon as well as <laughs> Northern District in this Northern Corridor. Well, there's a, there's a few there's a few rugby clubs that hate Gordon too. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> which team do you always did you always hate? You probably just answered this. Which team did you always hate in any sport and why? Oh. Any sport? I don't really know. I, I guess I'm a manly boy, and, and Melbourne doing yes. come across us a few times, so it's always one of those teams. I just never like watching. I just always hope they lose. So the Battle of Brookvale. Yeah, I just have to say Melbourne Storm because they, they always it's always good games. Manly versus Storm, but I have to say Melbourne Storm. I just hate seeing them win. Well, you're not you're not Robinson Crusoe there. All right, and finally, let's do it again to. Uh, so bring it home. Here we go. Here it is. Number 20. Which sports personality would you nominate next to drop and give the bench 20? Well, I'd like to see uh, young Buck the Holt from the New South Wales Blues. That's a great That'd be a great one. Yeah, he's, he's young. He's, uh, he's lost himself a little bit. I reckon he's got some good bands. Sorry, I'm giving you a shout. All right. You don't have to DM him for us and get him yeah, in here. Yeah, I'll let him know. Baxter Holt, you're next to drop <laughs> and give us 20. Look, Justin, it's been great to have you on board. Um, hopefully it won't be the last time we have you on the bench during the season. Um, the injury, finally, you say you're going to be out for... This week, is it going to be across both days of the two-day against Sydney Uni? No, I'm looking to make a comeback day two, uh, but it just depends on the past the fitness test. Uh, I think I'm doing it next Thursday. So hopefully it's all good. It's just a small strain in my groin, which I've never really, ha- I've never really had a muscle injury before, so I don't really know how it's going to heal up. But hopefully it's all right, and I just missed this weekend. All right. Okay. Well, we look forward to seeing you probably in the Triple H commentary box on <laughs> Sunday. For the big one, North Sydney versus St George will be on air from quarter past two. Justin Evandano, thank you so much for being a part of the bench this evening. We'll catch up soon and we'll see you Sunday. Thanks so much for having me on. Indeed. Justin Evandano, the UTS North Sydney Bears captain. Time for part two of cricket. It's time to talk from a more local perspective. Before we do that, Jake, you wanted to have one last 
Swing on rugby. Well, no, no, no. Just update on the uh, 2020 play tonight. Australia, oh, yes. uh, Sri Lanka. Let's start there. Australia uh, versus Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. That match is underway. Uh, have, oh, well, they're walking out to the middle now. Australia have won the... Uh, sorry. Sri Lanka have won the toss and having a bat. All right. That's game three. That of the very uh, early finish. Of the T20 uh, International Series tonight at the MCG. But time to talk a bit more local grade cricket. And if you want to talk about the fluctuations in fortunes from one day to the next... Uh, the Northern District Rangers put a new spin on a new day being a new game over the weekend <laughs> to make head nor tail of what happened across both days. Someone who was in the middle of what happened on both days, both good and bad. Uh, Dave Lowry from the uh, Northern District Rangers top order batsman is online now. Good evening to you, Dave, and welcome to the bench to you for the first time. Evening, gents. How's it going? Very well, very well. Let's uh, let's get the get the, get, that, get the question. Let's out of the get way. the nasty bit out of the way first, shall we? Let's yep. get the nasty bit out of the way first. Look, we've all been involved uh, at various levels of the game in some great collapses in our time. I've been yep. involved in a couple of doozies at park level. So have you, Shane? Yeah, I've, I watched a few as an umpire, and so have you, Jake. Oh, you know, but, but very simple. What happened? But. <laughs> Last Saturday morning at about 11.30am at Mark Taylor Oval, quarter past 11, something around there, yep. the scoreboard, the Mark, the Mark Taylor scoreboard at Mark Taylor Oval had Northern District at seven wickets down for six in something that I've written elsewhere as the greatest collapse in Sydney first grade in the last 30 years. Wow. You, were one of, you were one of those six ducks. Yep. What happened out there? Duck. I think they're the ducks. Oh, sorry, you were the one that didn't, correct? Yeah. Well, it should have you... been. The, uh, the four they gave me were buys. So. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been seven ducks in a row. Well, you're not, you're, you'll take the four. You will take the four. The Absolutely. Umpire was, being, umpire was being good then. Well, you will take the four. <laughs> Dave Lowry <laughs> saw... So it could have been ugly. Absolutely. Yeah. But it was ugly enough. You were out there. You were one of the seven wickets to fall for six. Was it minefield? Was it... Bowling unplayable deliveries, or just bad shot selection, or just one of those bewitching spells that happens once in a blue moon. Yeah, well, I've never been part of anything like that before. I've been part of collapses at the end of one day, and those sort of things—the ones that really hurt and build up. But this one was a bit different. It all happened pretty quickly, and there were about six players in the change rooms at any given time. But no credit to Bankstown; they bowled really well, and we just had one of those days where we didn't play and miss. We nicked everything, and they all carried and they caught well. It all became a, a bit of a blur, to be honest. Um, every ball felt like a, a wicket could fall, and then... It did. <laughs> and then the contrast, we didn't lose a wicket for the rest of the session, and we had a 17-year-old coming in his third or fourth first-grade game and score 90 off 110 balls. So Toby Gray, exactly. Was, yeah, Toby Gray. So it was seven for 100 at lunch, so it was... I've never seen a session like it, and hopefully I never do again. I mean, hopefully, Toby gets a lot more, more runs in the future. But um, no, in a way, you do. You want to be on the other end. You want you want um, Scott Rogie and maybe Nathan Smith when he's back, fit and firing, and Ross Paulson when he's back, fit and firing to have a side seven for not many uh, at the end of the first hour of a, uh, of a session of play. And you're yeah, on the other end. Always, Tara always does a bit early. I think the frustrating thing for us is when we got sent back in in the afternoon and it really flattened out to be a nice wicket. Uh, so if we had managed to I suppose, play and miss a few and, and get through to lunch, then the day would have been set up nicely for us, but obviously that wasn't the case. But Toby Gray, the shining light coming in with all the yeah. freedom in the world and played brilliantly. 
Yeah, he had a good weekend. He um, <laughs> he played brilliantly, and he played the spin fantastically well, which I think is a really good sign for someone who's settling into our middle order. Uh, he played with no fear, which is always a good sign from a, a young bloke. Uh, and then on the Sunday, he filled at the house down as well and bowled pretty well, even even though maybe his figures didn't reflect it. So we're pretty excited about what Toby's going to end up looking like as a cricketer in a couple of years' time. And then Ross Pawson held up an end, one leg and all, was the last yeah. man out at the end for 50. Uh, when there was one wild one moment half. there at seven for about 150 that you thought, hang on, we might be half a chance if this pair can bat for another two hours. Yeah, well, there's always hope. It was pretty special from Ross. He had a tough week with his, um, his injury swelling up again halfway through the first day. Uh, so for him to come out in what was pretty unusual circumstances and, and bat like that for the team and, and I suppose guiding Toby through, uh, yeah, it, was, it showed what Ross was about. So we, it, yeah, it was really good to see that. He's worked really hard on his batting the last couple of years. And he's essentially come in almost like a, an opening batsman or a number three there and played, you know, the perfect innings, showing us top order what what we probably should have done. And then we come to Sunday. Obviously, yep. we come to Howell Oval at Penrith. Yeah. The T20 match against Penrith. And Toby Gray did well in the field. He did well with the ball. But he was one of the few that did as Penrith powered their way to 180. Ryan yep. Gibson picked up where he fire. left off and made a, a, a magnificent 85. And early wickets had fallen again. You had been dropped down the batting order. And another youngster, Will Buttleman, comes to the crease and plays an innings out of the ordinary, 70 off 36 balls faced. Yeah, unbelievable innings. Uh, I think, yeah, Sunday was probably came at the perfect time. It was good to get straight back into another game of cricket. Um, Penrith have given a couple, uh, given us a couple of good touch-ups the last couple of times we played them as well. So uh, we had Jack Shelley who, who played a really good innings, and Will Butterman come in, uh, and a bit of a fresh-looking side just with the injuries we had and, and the different format. So 180 we always thought was going to be tough, uh, but Jack batted really well, particularly early against the pace, and then Will is a bit of a spin specialist, uh, and he swept them everywhere. Uh, so, yeah, we were all a bit surprised when we looked at the scorecard and saw 70 or 37. We knew it was a special innings, but we didn't realise we scored that quickly. So but, then really came the twi- but then came the twist. You yep. marched to the wicket and joined Toby Gray with eight to win yep. and only, what, six or seven balls left and you're staring down the precipice again and you have to get the, the side over the line and then you brought it down to that remarkable last over... And the remarkable last ball. Yeah, well, so I think we needed eight or seven, um, and they'd run out of. I think they'd run out of their. They bowled their best bowlers leading into the nineteenth over. Their, their pace bowlers who they wanted to close the game with. So they had to spin a bowl the last. Um, and we yeah couldn't quite get him away that whole last over, but we knew it was quite a big round, and if we just got bat on ball, we'd probably get there. So again, Toby showed maturity beyond his years and a bit of class to get us over the line. So I was, I was just the passenger in that. Um, but a handy one with four not out off about three balls faced. You certainly yeah, I don't think any of them got off the square, so it wasn't your traditional 20 20 innings, but we, we got there. <laughs> but you know, after what happened the day before, you'll take them whichever way you get them. Quickly yeah, round th- that gives us two really good results in the 2020 comp now at a mm. platform. So you, I suppose you expect a bit of inconsistency with a young team that's building and with a few injuries. Obviously, we'd like to be more consistent, but um, yeah, I think it was good to show the talent that we have in the group and what we can do if we start putting things together. Uh, 
We'll just interrupt you there briefly because around the grounds we go for Magpies Waitara. Third T20 International. Sri Lanka have lost a wicket in the first over. They are 1-4-3 after one, after winning the toss and batting first. And it was Dick Vella moved up to the top of the order tonight, out for a globe off a leading edge, caught at point. One for three, uh, Sri Lanka. Caught by uh, Ben McDermott, came in for Glenn Maxwell. Indeed. Um, Glenn Maxwell standing down with uh, his off-field issues. All right. So, as you mentioned, uh, Dave, you're 2-0 in the uh, T20 Cup competition, a format that probably suits the way this side is set up at the moment. And you go to the farm on Sunday. I call it the farm because um, you know what it's like out there being... Uh, a country lad yourself, you see the cows grazing in the distance. It's a paddock. Uh, over the next couple of fields behind Owen Earl Oval at Richmond. Uh, yep. And you take on the unbeaten Hawkesbury in the first match at 10am on Sunday morning. A real opportunity to lay down the stall, go 3-0 for the mark, for the back-to-mark Taylor Oval, back to Waitara weekend next weekend. Yeah. Well, I mean, Scott's out this weekend. I don't know if you knew that, so that's a... Massive blow. ...for the younger group, but... Um, a massive blow. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, we'll be relying a lot on our youngsters again to, to get over the line. And I think we're learning more and more every time we go out there as a fielding group in 2020. And if we can keep batting as well as we have them, we're a good chance. But the yeah, Hawks are a dangerous side. They've, they've got a good mix of young talent and, and some experienced players as well. So it won't be easy going out there. It's, it's a, quite a big ground as well, which, um, which we'll have to manage. Peter, Peter Forrest is obviously their key. He's their one experienced man at the top of their order. You'd love to get him early. Yeah, I think that's a key for us with the first six overs. Um, for Tom Felton, who's done really well, he, he bowled really well against Bankstown a couple of weeks ago, and his figures in the 2020 were by far and away the best of the group. He, he's a really key man for us in the first six. Uh, we've got Matt Phillips back in the team, who's a, a fantastic white ball bowler. Uh, bowls a really good range of swingers and, and cutters, so... Uh, and a lot of experience. Him up early. And a yeah. lot of experience. He's won a lot of games for the club, Matt Phillips, so, so we're, um, yeah, we're excited to have him back. All right. And then in, in the two-day stuff where uh, yeah. you're back at one and two on that to cluster on six points in the lower half of the table, um, yeah. you're back at Mark Taylor Oval over the next two Saturdays to try and right the wrongs with the red ball. And... Without being too disrespectful, if you wanted to handpick an opponent, you probably would have plumped for Blacktown Mounties to take on in your next game after what happened last week. Yeah, I think for us it's about learning to play the longer form of the game a bit better. We need to bat a lot longer, obviously. So a key challenge for us will be batting 100 overs. And then I think last week against Bankstown, we took uh, four wickets for 40 in two separate clumps, but then just had a session where they got away from us in the middle. So a focus on as a group is just playing better for longer and understand how we're going to score our runs for long periods of time and take wickets consistently. So I think, you know, we're really enjoying the amount of cricket we're getting to play at the moment and to try and improve quickly. Uh, Blacktown actually beat us last year, so, um, yeah, and that was at their ground, so hopefully we can get one over them this year and play some, some better long-form cricket. Now, what's the attack looking like for the, for the two-day game with no Pawson and obviously still no Nathan Smith? Um yeah, no Rogie. And no Scott so, Rogie either to give you that medium pace. So it's a yeah. it's a real raw, fresh attack that you're going to be taking in. Yeah, well, it's obviously not ideal, but we've we've got a lot of young talent in the area, so it's now an opportunity for those guys to stand up. Most people have played a fair bit of cricket at Waitara by now, so if you, if you bowl patiently and bowl well, you can definitely do well. Matt Phillips is, is back again there on the Saturday. 
Uh, another one of our ex-first graders, Lachlan Ford, who swings the ball around nice with the new ball. And uh, Jacob Heinrich, who's a talented young guy. Uh, so, and he played really well against Bankdale last week. And then we've got the spin attack, um, who have done more for us for a period of time now. So, have you taken uh, it's not at its best, but it's definitely still solid and uh, and hopefully can do a good job for us. Now, what about the top order? No Scott Rogie, of course, yep. and the ghosts of last week still fresh in the back of the mind, clearly. Uh, well, I don't know if they are. I don't think it's enough of us um, focus on that too much. I think it's about winning. Uh, but Ben Davis is obviously a captain and a quality player. He's hit the ball really well, so I'm confident he's close to a big score. John Anderson, two weeks ago, got 79 out in a, in a chase at 150, so he's in good form. Uh, Will Butlerman comes in, starting at five. Chris uh, up 70 off 30 balls. Uh, so, with, yeah, there's definitely some depth there. Um, and myself, yeah, I need to score some runs as well. So I think if we, if we all contribute, we'll end up with a pretty good total for our, for our bowlers to either defend or, or to chase down. Um, how are you seeing them anyway? I mean, OK, you've got... Um, an interesting last weekend. You, you were there at the end. Um, it mightn't yeah. have been pretty, but you got four not out. The a very important red ink to see yeah. the Rangers over the line. And you'll take the four runs that were given to you by the umpire, even though you didn't hit them last week, as yeah. the only batsman in that top seven to get off the mark. How are you yeah. seeing them anyway? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, two weeks ago, I hit them OK against Fairfield. Um, I thought I... It's a pretty good one last week. I mean, when you get out in the first set, you take all the time to know how you're going. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah, particularly for me, uh, batting at the, for the order after a, a tough week last week, it's important for me to uh, to bat for a long period of time. So uh, I think it's yeah, I'm, I'm hitting the ball well. It's just a matter of batting for longer and putting your team in a good position. Need to bat one or two sessions to set up the game. Indeed so. The other matches uh, in the two-day comp, we've already run through the, the matches uh, uh, in the uh, uh, T20 Cup that have been played on Sunday, but the, the round four of the Belvedere Cup, very briefly, we'll, run through the uh, uh, we'll just run through the matches, you don't have to give us any selections. Bankstown hosting Mossman at Bankstown Oval. Eastern Suburbs playing Manly Warringah in the match of the round at Waverley Oval for mine. That'll be a very good game. Gordon versus Campbelltown at Chatswell will be interesting. Um, that's the the, the Western Derby of sorts at the farm at Owen Irwin Hawkesbury play Parramatta uh, Penrith take yeah. on the, the Randy Peets at Howell Oval St George play Fairfield at Hurstville Sutherland host Uni of New South Wales at Glen McGrath Sydney Tigers host Western Suburbs at Tremoyne as we mentioned with Justin Avendano that'll be a very interesting match Western Suburbs the surprise packages of the season so far and Sydney Uni hosting Uni, UTS North Sydney Bears at University Oval number one the big feature from last Saturday mm -hmm. in contrast to what happened at Mark Taylor five teams chased down 340 plus elsewhere yep. highlighted by that remarkable uh, Sydney University chasing down the record 462 at Manly Oval to win yes yeah, so, uh, there tends to be a lot of runs this time of year, whether it's the wickets or or what it is, maybe the quicker outfields. But uh, I mean, obviously, it's a contrast for us. But yeah, Eastern Suburbs with a great save, Manly, Sydney Uni, I think as well. So um, it's obviously something we were looking at. A couple of their their chases, a few guys faced over 150 balls. So that for us, top order looking at that, that's something that we're really looking to. Um, to replicate through our team, we can bat the whole day. 
which is 100 over, you score three or four, and you're a pretty good chance of getting out there. Well, Penrith, they chased 341 down. 342, was, one down. Thanks to Ryan Gibson's 185 not out of and, 186 balls. And Ryan Hackney, it's like, wow. And Ryan yeah, Hackney, it's on the Sunday. <laughs> and and, and, and you ran into Ryan Gibson scoring 85 off about 60 balls on the Sunday, so he's very much knocking on the door, Ryan Gibson, to get back into that yep. Sheffield Shield uh, outfit. Uh, all right, then. Um, we'll leave it at that. Uh, we look forward to catching up with you next Sunday on Back to Itara Day. Um, at this stage, we're going to be keeping also very close eye on the women's team. They're at Mark Taylor Oval on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for their last women's first-grade T20 Cup match against arch-rivals Gordon. The team everybody else likes to hate in the Northern Corridor, apparently. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, if the Lady Rangers can win on Sunday, they're through to the Women's T20 Cup First Grade Grand Final on Sunday week. So we'll have a little interesting conundrum as to what happens there if the Lady Rangers can win on Sunday morning at Mark Taylor Oval. They won't have any of their WBBL players. They're all out of Sydney this weekend, uh, Saskia Hawley for Gordon, for instance, is with the Thunder in Tasmania. They're playing at Burnie tomorrow and Sunday. And then uh, Lauren Smith will be in Perth with the Sydney Sixers as they play a uh, festival of uh, cricket across the weekend at the Wacker uh, this weekend. We'll keep a close eye on that. But we will be covering one of those matches, the late game on uh, of the double header at Mark Taylor Oval, either live or delayed, depending on what happens in the women's T20 competition uh, and the Rangers in particular. When we go to Mark Taylor Oval Sunday week for uh, the uh, match against Western Suburbs, it will be at 2.30. That'll be the late game there. Dave Lowry, thanks so much for your time. I know where you are, it's hard to get phone reception at times, but we managed to, you managed to get the sticky tape together and you held it up at the right angle to the sky for long enough to, to, to get through. Um, good luck tomorrow and good luck on Sunday at the farm against Hawkesbury. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. Have a good night.